Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you with me. You know, uh, some of our guests come back many, many times, and my next guest is no exception. Steve Smith has been on the show, oh, my gosh, uh, over five times, I think maybe six times. I'll ask him about that in just a second. Uh, he is with Growth Source Coaching, and he is a great resource for information for business owners who really want to grow their business. Um, he uh, handles business and executive coaching and training, specializing in rapid clarity, skill development, and strategy confidence so business professionals can achieve their goals quickly and consistently. So if you're, if you're a ProVisors member and you're listening, you can find Steve's uh, prior interviews at pv411.net. That's a website, pv411.net, where you'll find a directory of ProVisors members. But Steve is going to talk to us today about the future of professional development and so it's my pleasure to welcome you back, Steve. Thanks so much for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bill. Thanks for having me back. I always enjoy talking to you. I think you do a great job with this uh, with this radio program, so I'm very happy to be back. Well, thank you, Steve. That's very kind words, and you have a tremendous uh, 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 podcast going yourself. It's, it's a very exciting, and I appreciate you having me on that, and I, I want to learn more about that and tell our listeners about that as well. But uh, and before we get into that, tell us uh, a little bit, for those who haven't heard your prior interviews, about you and your background in growth source coaching and what you do. I've been coaching business owners and executives for about 10 years now. Um, I started uh, growth source coaching in uh, uh, May of 2011. Uh, I was working with a, a coaching franchise prior to that, and they were very young they didn't survive, and so I kind of learned what not to do from them and went off on my own, and it's been mm -hmm. wonderful ever since. Um, I, I got all of what I do with clients uh, with a wonderful 30-year career in consumer products manufacturing, and I learned a ton. I learned more than I realized that I was going to learn, and it, it's been a great foundation for helping many business owners, regardless of what kind of business they have, just figure out how to develop that kind of clarity and confidence that allows you to, to occupy that role of owner, CEO, president, whatever the case may be, and really feel like you've got control over where the company's going and how it's getting there and who's helping you along the way. Steve, when you, when you work with individuals like that, like business owners and, uh, and other leaders, do, do you find that they put up a facade sometimes that they, they really um, – uh, you know, you have to play a role. You know, whatever you, whatever you do, you have to play a role these days. But do you find a lot of them are just relieved that they have someone like you to talk to and and really 
tell you, you know, what their concerns are because it's hard for them to tell others what those are as, as a leader, right? Yes, and the interesting thing about that is, number one, they do appreciate somebody from outside their business, somebody who doesn't know all of their personal baggage. And, and to be an effective business coach, leadership coach, you know, it's helpful to understand where they came from, but you don't need to know all that. So it gives them a feeling of, of not necessarily being judged. But the other thing I find really interesting is when I get into an organization where I get to meet some of the folks that report up to them, what I end up finding is most of these people already know what kind of problems the business owner is trying to camouflage. They've just never said anything because most of the time nobody's asked them anything. And so they walk around like thinking, okay, when is this person going to figure it out? When are they going to get help? Because we're all relying on them to be the captain of the ship. So a lot of times when I meet some of the, the folks in more of the, the management level area, they're basically thanking me because they've kind of been waiting for this time to show up. And now they feel like the person that, they, you know, that they're basically working for and putting all of their loyalties into is getting the help they need. Well, that's a nice position to be in, to be the one who's actually uh, bringing out the, the issues, putting them on the table and dealing with them and helping them get uh, get fixed, if you will. Let's talk about the, you know, the topic title is Future of Professional Development. Um, let's start with this. How is coaching different than other forms of professional development? Okay, this is an interesting area to get into because the, the U.S., businesses in the U.S. on an annual basis spend about $164 billion dollars in all aspects of professional development. That could be outside training seminars, it could be certification programs, it could be going back to school for higher education, it could be in-house training, it could be mentoring, it could be online stuff. A, you know, it's a, it's a very, very wide field. But the difference is that none of those other training programs is designed to hold the person accountable for doing something with what they've learned. Only coaching is in that position where I help you figure out what's missing. I help you figure out what's getting in your way so you can kind of move it aside. But at some point, you have to go back into your, your daily work environment and practice those new skills, that new mindset, so that so it will eventually become a new part of you. And none of the other ones really do that. They, you know, they provide great training, great learning, uh, certifications, licenses, all the other good stuff. But one of the biggest knocks on professional training, which is usually why it gets snipped whenever a business kind of goes into a downturn, because it's so, so hard to figure out how much of that got applied in the daily work environment and becomes the ROI that the business is looking for. That's interesting. So that's a huge number, $164 billion, you said, right, in professional yeah, development? Yeah, that's a massive number. Wow. Huge. <laughs> and And the problem, as you say, is that a lot of times – it, maybe it uh, it it creates some excitement, but if it's not applied, then it just fades away and and doesn't doesn't achieve the desired results. It sounds like. Yeah, it, it uh, much of the learning becomes a repertoire of what the person has experienced, and maybe in in the pursuit of whatever they do, that 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 learning, that new information, will be recalled on some occasion. But in terms of taking it and actually kind of what I call upping your game, you know, bringing your A game to the workforce and, and doing the things that you've learned and practicing them long enough to where you now become proficient 
as opposed to just somebody who has new learning. There's no, there's no accountability in that area because your, your college professor is not calling you up on a, on a weekly basis and asking you what you just did with that. Um, even mentors. Mentors are great to have. I totally support them. But a mentor's job is not to, to follow up and ensure that you do what they just told you. Uh, they're there as a resource, and you decide how much of it you're going to do, including nothing. But you hire a coach. You hire a good coach. Part of their job is to make sure that when you commit to doing something, it gets done. That's a great point. I really like that. And that makes a, a whole heck of a lot of sense if you if you apply it or think about it in terms of other areas. And I think a lot of our listeners might think of like a golf coach. You know, the golf coach doesn't help you swing the club. They help you swing it better and fix flaws and then tell you what to work on. And then it's up to you to work on it. And then they'll come back and, and see if if it if you worked on it, right? And if you improved your, your game. Yes. Yeah, makes a, makes a ton of sense. So, you know, things have changed uh, over the last 10 years, certainly, Steve, since you started in this field. And uh, technologies come into play, and um, there's, uh, there's other issues. Now, you know, then we were in a slow economy. Now we're in a pretty fast economy. How do you see the future of coaching and professional development uh, unfolding in general? Well, okay, so there's two things that I see that I think are going to be a huge um, uh, impetus to how coaching is used going forward. One, in the, in the old, more traditional format that's been going on for the last 30 or 40 years, much coaching was done face-to-face. And even today, there's a huge number of coaches that do face-to-face type coaching, which means somebody's got to go to somebody's office, and usually it's the coach going to the client's office. Um, what I've been doing for pretty much since I started was, um, was, was mobile coaching. So I, I can coach somebody on the phone. I can coach them with a, with a video, you know, video conferencing, but I don't have to be sitting in front of them. And most of my clients have told me over the years that they actually like that because it allows them to get out of the office and be able to discuss whatever they need to talk about without fear of somebody overhearing it. So they can, they can stay home. They can do it in their car. They can go to a restaurant. I can be in other areas myself. So it's more optimal for me, which means I don't have to bill a client for my time on the road driving back and forth from wherever they happen to be. It also Mm -hmm. means I can reach clients anywhere. I've done a a massive amount of coaching overseas. And a lot of these folks, they they appreciate people from the U.S. because everybody looks at the U.S. as kind of the huge global engine of innovation and, and entrepreneurship and things like that. So it allows those folks access to me and anybody else that does it my way. Um, the other thing that I think is changing is coaching traditionally has always been helping people kind of gain clarity and come up with their own ideas. The whole idea is you have the solutions in your head. I'm going to help you get them out so now that you can do something with them. Well, what I'm running into more and more as technology and the pace of information and development go faster and faster and faster, I'm running into people who just they don't know what they don't know. They get into a new role in an organization, and they are completely blind. They, they have no idea what is in front of them, what they need to do. So there's a fair amount of training and learning and skill development that I have to initiate for them before I can get them to adopt it and put it into practice. That's a little different than, than traditional coaching. Traditional coaching, you don't advise, you don't give tips, you don't give people answers. You force them into it. And what I'm starting to realize is more and more clients are willing to do the work, but they need help figuring out what they need to be doing next, especially if they've vaulted into from maybe a, 
just a department manager to now an executive role in a smaller company. That's not unusual to have that happen. And all of a sudden, you look around and you think, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Somebody has got to initiate those, those skills, those insights, those strategies to help them you know, find a place to start. I, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of people are finding themselves in, in new areas, uh, untested areas. You know, and one of those I was going to ask you because a lot of our listeners, as you know, are, are age 50 plus and they're moving into a new kind of territory. They, they're closer to getting out of their business than they are to getting into their business in a lot of cases. Yes. Uh, there's, there's a lot of transition ahead and uh, a lot of them need to change their game from, um, for and this is one of the things I think you're alluding to, from overtime president to part-time chairman of the board, or you know they need to transition their their roles and and so they can achieve their goals. Uh, do you see a lot of that uh, happening as well in your practice? Yes, and I'll tell you where it really comes into view in terms of what you do, because you know you talk a lot about preparing your business for exit, however you choose to go out. And there's a lot of financial considerations, a lot of tax considerations, legal things. All those things are important. But what I, what I find out very early in the game is that many business owners are confused between what is my business worth and is my business sellable? And a lot of times the sellable part is, is my business tuned up? Is it got processes that are written down um, you know is it is it managed well is, is our database up to speed is everything in writing you know if I'm going to sell this business and turn the front the front door keys over to somebody else what they really want to do is be able to walk in and know that the business is still there and it's going to operate while they're figuring it out and most businesses are not in that condition and so that's where it takes that three to five year span not only to prepare for that final exit but to actually prepare the business so that it's sellable. Yeah, and if and uh, the numbers uh, are are scary. Uh, I have to say, from what I've heard, I just came back from a, a, another exit planning conference, and the projected numbers uh, now it, it has been that only one out of ten businesses that are for sale will sell, and those numbers are projected to be more like one out of 15 or 20 in the next few years as more and more buyers or more and more sellers, excuse me, go to the marketplace. And, and so you really have to be in good shape, uh, as you say, uh, have a lot of things in order to be sellable. And then the question is, okay, if I can't sell it, can I transfer, can I transfer the leadership and, uh, of this business to someone within? And that's still and that requires even more uh, coaching because now you have the question, I guess, that you would run into is, is the uh, successor leader uh, ready to take on this business? What what are their fears? What are their goals? So there's a whole other layer of clients for you, Steve. Well, <laughs> and, and even the people that are selling the business, the, the two things I think is becoming more and more apparent, and unfortunately it's not what the seller wants. Most sellers want to be able to get top dollar because that's what they're going to retire on and they want to exit the business so they can enjoy their retirement. And what most of them, I think, are starting to kind of warm up to, the reality is that they probably aren't going to get what they think they're going to get out of the business unless it's really, really run like a well-oiled machine and it has expansion capabilities and it's, it's fully up on its tech side and somebody else can, you know, like turnkey, walk in, buy the thing and have it continue to run. So they're probably not going to get their dollar for it. 
and they're probably going to have to stay connected with it longer than they wanted to ensure that the next person buying it can keep it running. And for most people who exit a business, they're middle 60s, late 60s. Hell, you and I know people that are in business now that are in their 70s. You know, at some point, that horizon starts to get really short, and the whole idea of hanging around another three years to help the new guy keep the thing running is all not all that palatable anymore. Yeah, yeah, good point. And so in a lot of cases, people have to, uh, as, as uh, I say, slow down to a productive jog because they just don't have the, the energy or the, the uh, fire in the belly anymore to, to continue to sprint and run their business. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult, I think we're, we're entering an interesting time of transition and, and changes. And, uh, and that's one of my other questions for you is what challenges will coaching face in the coming years, Steve? Well, as valuable as coaching is as, a, as, an, as an industry and a service to you know, the bigger business environment, uh, coaching is one of those professional services today that is really unregulated. There are no federal and state requirements that a given coach has to have a certificate or a license or anything like that. And I foresee a day coming, it'll probably be sooner rather than later, where somebody is going to initiate that process and all of a sudden the coaching profession will come under that same kind of regulatory purview as many others um, in terms of you know, having to go to school and having to get the certification and, and get the license and stuff like that. So what that's going to end up doing is probably going to be calling out a fair number of independent coaches who either don't want to go down that road or just don't want to pay for that. So you know, you're going to have that, that, a little bit of that turmoil. Um, the other thing that could actually, and I've, I've actually read articles and heard discussions about this, is artificial intelligence is leaking into every aspect of our life from shopping on Amazon uh, to, to getting you know, computer setups in your home and, and you know, to where they, they learn your patterns and then they can help you out in that regard. Uh, right. I've heard that people are working on ways of bringing coaching into the artificial intelligence arena, meaning you would, would, would work with a, almost with a computer and that computer, you know, kind of like Big Blue did when, when, they, uh, when they had him uh, play that, um, uh, that chess professional to see who could win, you're going to have mm-hmm. that same scenario where they're going to be able to coach you from an artificial intelligence. Um, I hope that doesn't come any time in my lifetime because I think a huge element of coaching, that personal interaction that causes insights that you can't get anywhere else, that's probably going to get lost. But I eventually see something like somebody's going to start that someplace. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. I was uh, I moderated a webinar for Vistage Worldwide yesterday, and it was all about chatbots. And they said that Intel has now artificial intelligence that can answer four that has four thousand responses um, to employees' questions. Uh, and so, you know, it's it. it you know, it's not everything is a if if you if you say this, then that is the answer. The if then um, uh, there's a lot that happens with emotion and experience and how somebody says something. And I agree that it's very valuable to have someone who's who's uh, reading that, those signs uh, and going a little deeper than just what was the the uh, the facts of the of the words that were expressed. So hopefully we don't right. come to that. But I agree that th- there will be there will be entree into that field in some, in some ways. So, um, but 
in the meanwhile, um, people have a, a lot to learn from someone like you, Steve. And you also have a book out called Leadership Axioms that's available on your website. And I know that – tell us a little bit about your podcast. It's fascinating. You guys are doing a great job with this. Tell our listeners uh, the name of it, uh, what type of guests you have, and how to access it. Okay, so uh, back in December of last year, I got together with a, uh, with a colleague of mine. His name is Will Robertson. He uh, owns a company called Performance Strategies. And we realized almost instantly that we were a great match in terms of how we thought about business, what kind of things we like to help clients with. So we engineered this uh, you know, internet radio called Business Wingmen. And it was a perfect title for what coaches actually are. I mean, we sit on people's shoulders and we kind of talk to them in the back of their head about their options and what they should be looking at. We never make their decision for them, but we give them plenty of things to think about. So we created this 20-minute uh, once-a-week show that gets into very, very specific business areas that we know most business people are either dealing with, running into, or thinking about. And so we really, you know, we chew up the, the, the process really good. We provide insights and tips and things that people can do to help themselves. Because let's face it, if you can get a couple of nuggets off of a podcast and run with it, then, then we've done our job. Uh, we speak to the business community, whether they're owners, executives, entrepreneurs, anybody in that area that can use this kind of stuff. And uh, we, you know, occasionally, probably about once a month, we have a, uh, an, an expert on from a different area of business. You know, we had you on for the, the exit process. And we've had a lady named Cindy Goss on. She's going to be on actually next, uh, next Friday for, uh, for digital marketing. So we find people that we know can really speak to some really hot topics that most people are wondering about and hopefully with the idea that they'll take that information and pursue it and get the help they need so that they don't continue to languish in the challenges that are holding them back. Yeah, I love it. I love your format. You guys ask really great questions, and it's very thought-provoking. And uh, I would encourage anyone to to check that out, um, Business Wingmen. But I think you can find all that uh, at your website, I believe, Steve, right, at, at growthsourcecoaching.com growthsourcecoaching.com and there's a lot of other great things at your website. Uh, is that the best way for people to find out more about you? Yes. Um, if you go to the growthsourcecoaching.com website, um, you can get a ton of things. You can access my book. You just mentioned it. It's a little 40-page book, but it's got 14 really good leadership principle tips in it that can help most people figure out how to overcome problems they're having with their own leadership style. It, you can buy it on that website. You can also access our podcast from that website, or you can go directly to the podcast site, which is just businesswingmen.com. Uh, we're also on, on Google Play. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud. You know, We're all over the place. It's not a problem getting it. You just have to remember that we only do the show once a week, Friday at 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Um, on the on the rest of the stuff on the site, there's uh, great articles and case studies and, uh, and videos and things like that that uh, that business owners can can access. And I do that because I want them to realize that if they want me to come help them, this is the kind of stuff they'll they'll get every single week. And most of the time, when people are trying to they're struggling over, gee, do I get a coach? What coach do I get? They're really trying to figure out who's going to be the best match for them. So my website is a perfect mirror reflection of what they're going to be exposed to ongoingly if they decide I'm the right one. It is. It's great information. Again, it's growthsourcecoaching.com. 
Steve Smith, you're always welcome to come on again. I've had you on a bunch of times, and I really hope that uh, you have continued success into the future of of coaching, whatever it may be. Uh, But uh, thank you so much for sharing your insights and views today. I really, really appreciate you coming on once again. Bill, thanks. Uh, You know, you've had me on about half a dozen times over about a four-year period. I always appreciate it. You're great great at pulling stuff out of me, so thank you for the opportunity. (laughs) Uh, Always my pleasure. Thanks very much, Steve. I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 